Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I hope you're having a good Sunday, and thank you for joining me as a way to start off your week. And so I so appreciate how much you are just getting involved in social media and letting us know what really works for you and what helps you. And so I want you to understand that each week we do send out a single email, and it's packed with inspiration and resources to help you become the best version of you. So you can sign up for the link um, if you just go to my bio on, on, on Insta- not on Instagram, uh, just look it up on, online, type in Cynthia Hyatt and hit the bio and you will get all kinds of ways to get new things during your week that are going to help you just be really, truly the best version of you. So I'm excited about today. <clears throat> we are talking about this idea of groupthink. And... You know, groupthink is is really being like-minded, and I think, obviously, God came up with this because that's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That group, those three, collaborate together, make sure that they are all heard, and they come up with a consensus. And so this is where you want to think you have the me, myself, and I. So we need to collaborate with ourselves as well. We don't want to leave a part of ourselves out when it comes to making decisions, doing creative endeavors. And so groupthink, if you really, let's really look at this. If you've ever been involved in a group and you cannot arrive at a consensus, you know how frustrating, how demoralizing, sad, infuriating, and disrespectful it can feel. See, groupthink, this means that the whole is bigger than its parts. It means that individualism is intended to support and create a more diverse, strong, unique whole. 
So it just means that we have to prevent the practice of, you know, we, we really have to understand this idea of dying to self because this is where this idea can get in the way for us. We can we can be, end up in a group being so committed to our own idea, our own way, our own vision, that we get in the way of the whole entire process. So this dying to self means that I'm willing to die to some of my ideas, some of my inspirations, some of my motivations as a way to be a part of the group. I'm, I'm doing, this is a group endeavor, and I remind myself that the outcome may not completely or accurately reflect me. But the intent of the group endeavor is that it's a collaboration that's creating a collage of all these divergent individuals, ideals, beliefs, hopes, fears, passion. So going into a group endeavor, the most helpful thing that I can do for myself is to remind myself what is a major for me so that I can let go of the minors. So that I don't major in the minors and lose sight of the big picture. I need to remind myself, this is not all about me. This is a group endeavor. That means that some of it's not going to necessarily be reflective of me. So when we think about this, we say, you know, what are the majors? Well, this comes from your value system. So each of us has a value system we may, may or may not be familiar with. But we do have a way of finding out how we may feel about certain things, how strongly, how passionately we may feel. So when you're thinking about this idea of collaboration and finding a group think so that we're all on the same page, we have to make sure that we don't go against our own value system. And it helps us to stay on course when we know how to say no when to say yes, when do we need to quit maybe, when do we need to start over, when do we need to go to war, and when are we going to accept peace? And so the value system is that one principle in the human experience that is our guide. It's what we are committed to. It's what we will die for. And we've done shows before on, you know, what I'm willing to argue about, what I'm willing to fight about, and what I'm willing to die for. And so our value system, that, those, those inherent things that are the constructs of my being, I can't go against those. It will cause the whole internal home to collapse. So I have to recognize how much I might be able to bend or flex with a value. So am I okay getting 75% of the value put into this process that we're doing? Or am I going to require that the entire thing is a part of that process? So I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard that, you know, the term there's power in numbers. And this is accurate. I mean, think about a country that's needing to go to war to protect their people and their value system. And all that, you know, is due them, but they can't get on the same page as to what the goal is and how to make the goal happen. So they begin to fight amongst themselves. And that's creating lots of heartache, lots of hardship, hard feelings toward one another. And meanwhile, they're still consumed with what they want on an individual basis and what they think is right and don't even realize the invasion may have already occurred and maybe they're being taken over. 
So when we are in agreement with others, when we are all galvanized on agreement and on the course of action, it shows an, uh, this outcome that we are now assessing the strength of many versus the strength of one. So success will be much easier to attain. Now, this does not mean that we check our brain at the door. Listening to the, what's going on with groupthink and understanding the power of groupthink is because of the amount of passion and energy and thought each person is bringing to the whole. So how do we make sure that we address the weakest link in an appropriate manner? Well, here are the choices. We really explain the heart of the matter, hoping that they also catch the passion. Or we assess how much the weak link will affect the whole and if we can tolerate it. The last option is we remove the weak link. Now, I know that may sound tyrannical. And it is tyrannical if you haven't gone through all the other processes and making sure that every single person in the group is adjusting to one degree or another. Then you are a tyrant. And so you can be confident that you've given everyone a platform to be heard. See, remember, operating as a group always means that it's a collaborative event. And it's usually not going to just reflect one person, nor should it. So we all adjust. We all bend. We all die to certain ideas or idiosyncrasies that we're hanging on to for the good of all. This is the only way it can truly be a healthy endeavor. Now, all that to say, if you're the person sharing, sharing in the group and you know in your heart of hearts you really don't want to collaborate, you know, I would recommend that you let people know you're actually, you know, really hiring them for their talents and not necessarily their opinions. So you need to let them know that, you know, this looks like a group endeavor, but it really is me orchestrating the whole entire thing to get to where I want to go. That doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. It's a bad thing if you don't tell people. If they think they're collaborating with you and they're really not, what you're doing is taking what they have to offer and creating your baby. There's nothing wrong with that as long as they know. So this vision and, and you making sure you want that vision to occur, this is honest and this has to be done with integrity. And this is letting people know exactly what they're getting into. So don't give them the impression that you are including them because you're wanting them to be this, kind, this type of collaborative team. What you're wanting is the ideas that they have, and you're going to reject them if you don't need them or don't like them. You're wanting a talent that they have. And you're making sure that they show up with that talent so that you can actually get your vision accomplished. This is really important. It doesn't mean you're a bad person unless, you know, you, you are not being honest up front. So I want you to say to yourself, am I willing to negotiate? See, I can't negotiate very far on my own moral codes or values. However, we can adjust. I'm, sh I'm sure you have heard this term for the greater good, right? Well, if the greater good is not good, then I'm going to compromise my value system. See, there are times when I cannot adjust or bend or compromise to fit into a group. And if that's the case, instead of trying to sell the entire group on my way, which is not 
now a group endeavor, I might consider declining. I might resist, you know, saying, hey, I'm not in it. I I get it. I get what you're doing, but I'm not feeling good about it, and I don't think I'm a good fit for you. That helps me not to judge the group. It helps me not to disrespect the participants. So this idea about a group think is really part of this collaborative effort where people are attempting to all be on the same page knowing that they may have to let go of certain things, that they're not going to be able to have it their own way, that they are really wanting the collaborative experience. So if you are the one that has initiated this and you are wanting a collaborative experience, then you're going to need to be able to adjust. You're going to need to be able to to keep your eye on the goal and make sure that you know, okay, wow, I'm getting way off course, and and this is not what this this endeavor was attempting to do. So this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about a group think. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Again, thank you for joining in with me today. And I want to make sure that you are taking advantage of all the things that we are providing for you. Please go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We have lots of things available for you. And with just packed with inspiration and motivation to really help you during your week. So I want you to go to the link and sign up you know, uh, there, where the bio page is. And I've created a lot of free workbooks as well. And the latest one is How to Be Your Own Change Agent. And it provides deep insights into what's been holding you back and empowers you to make major shift changes in your life. So I want you to grab a copy from the link in my bio. And that will give you lots of great ways to just kind of be working on your life on a day-to-day basis. So we also have all of these shows that we do there. They're on podcasts, all, the fa- all your favorite podcast providers. We also create a study guide for each podcast so that you can listen to it again and maybe do a little deeper dive in it and, and give yourself a way to really think about these things. And so I really want to recommend that you go through that study guide as well. I have some people that are doing them as a group, and that's kind of a fun, I don't know, Wednesday night thing or Saturday night event that you can just kind of do this with other people and say, hey, how how do you feel about that question? Or what did you feel about that statement? So I want to encourage you to do that and make sure that you are really taking advantage of all the things that we have available for you. So we are talking about this idea of group think and why that would be so helpful. Because we know that two are better than one for their labor, right? We know that there is strength in numbers. So one of the things that God is wanting us to do is to reason together with other people. And God tells it, he says it to us, come let us reason together. And so this is part of bringing out the best in humans. Instead of just depending on one person 
to be the person, we are recognizing that we can be better with more people. We, we get things in us brought out that we didn't even know we had. Or we get strengthened in ways that we really need. We solidify relationships in many ways. So group endeavors are really very important. Think about why God had all his disciples. That was a group endeavor that helped him follow through with his calling. Because it's not good for man to be alone. We know that, that we do better with others. So when you think about this, we can apply this to your own internal world as well. Just like we talked earlier in the segment about God had this group effort. He had Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, we have me, myself, and I. And if I have problems with me, and I don't like myself, then that group endeavor is going to be divided. So we want to think about how do I talk to myself about me? Am I listening to all of me or just one part of me? Am I bullying myself? Am I not willing to listen to that little whisper that says, you know, this isn't, this isn't a very good idea? Do the other parts of you, you know, tell that part to shut up because they are so invested in the idea? So am I willing to listen to that still, small voice and willing to confront the part of me that may be risk-aversive? And so this doesn't mean you have multiple personality disorder or something. This is just a complicated part of being human. So what I want you to think about, the ultimate goal with groupthink is that it's called good enough. Good enough. That doesn't mean that we're being lackadaisical or doing shoddy work. It means that we recognize that we're not perfect people and we are giving it our all, our best, our most excellent work. And this we can be very proud of. This leads us to really recognizing perfectionism and being willing to let go of perfection and to really come against those dissenting opinions and criticism or jealousy because this destroys the wonderful work that we are collaborating on and creating together. So this means we enjoy the fruits of our labor and we spit out the seeds, right? So we don't want to get caught up in that one little black dot on the big white page. So when we're doing this, when we are operating as a group, we want to practice healthy communication skills, which means active listening. Now, if you've never heard that term before, it's a very important skill to have. And active listening means I'm going to give the person I'm listening to my undivided attention. I'm not going to be doing something on my phone. I'm not going to be writing things down unless I'm writing down what they're saying so that I can make sure I address it. So we need to honor people and give them that time. We need to stop trying to split ourselves into so many pieces so that we can quote-unquote multitask, which has so oftentimes and in so many ways been disproved as even possible. Multitasking really means just shifting my attention. So I want you to think about giving undivided attention. And if you can't, you need to say so. You need to say, you know, I I don't think I'm going to be able to give you my best. I'm very distracted. Can we reorganize? Can we maybe get a new date to meet? 
And so that's part of being able to really honor people and really respect them and their time and their abilities. So we're going to give undivided attention when we're in this process. And then we're going to listen for the whole message, including the feelings. Because sometimes we can present an idea as concrete or factual when actually it's more based on feelings. Maybe we are presenting an idea that actually has a hidden agenda. And so we want to listen for the whole message. And we want to be able to say to that person, you know, I think there's more to what you're saying. I don't think you're telling me all of it. Or I hear what you're saying, but it kind of contradicts the direction that we're going in. And this is where you can respectfully listen and still refute a directive that they are attempting to make. Then you want to make sure that you tell them what you've heard, you tell them what you heard them saying, and you include the feelings before you're giving the response. So you say to them, you know, I hear you tell me that you don't like the direction that this project is going in and that you're uncomfortable going forward with it and that you're probably upset about this. So here's my response to you. It may be that you need to take some time and consider whether or not this project is really for you. Maybe it's not. I wanted you to be in the project because I think you have valuable things to offer, but I, I want to make sure that you're full in and that maybe you're able to recognize that this isn't an individual endeavor. This is a group endeavor. So we want to really make sure that people understand that the goal is to understand before trying to be understood. And if that's the only thing that you can remember from today, you're going to be ahead of the game. If I am always trying to be understood first before I understand the other person, I may not ever get anywhere. So I need to know to take advantage of time. And that I can say to that person, this is what I'm understanding you saying. Is that, am I understanding this correctly? And that's an important part of consensus. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about how to make yourself understood. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And remember... To go to the website, or if you are re uh, reading the bio, you can click on the link and it will take you to the website and you can get all kinds of wonderful things that my assistants and I have put together for you. And so we do have a, a free workbook and it is called How to Be Your Own Change Agent. And it provides deep insights into what's been holding you back and empowers you to really make major shift changes in your life. So I want you to grab a copy. All you do is, is just go to the link in my bio, and you can get it from there. We also have study guides that correlate with each of these radio shows. And the assistant that puts together a lot of these uh, study guides is really dynamic in how she, she puts these together. So you can use these as, as a group idea. You can say, hey, come over to our house on Wednesday night. We're going to you know, listen to this podcast, and then we want to kind of discuss it. You can do it on your own as well. But I want to make sure that you take advantage of it. 
because we really appreciate that, that you are involved in this process and wanting to be the best version of you. So as we are talking about this idea of groupthink, you know, there is obviously a part of the group that is an individual. And so when you are wanting to truly be understood, to truly be heard, there are some things that you can do that really help that process. And so you want to think about, first and foremost, what you intend to say. What, do you, what is the intention behind what you're saying? Because many times we kind of knock ourselves out at the knees because we're not really describing or staying true to the intention. And they may get a different expression of that. So they may think that, you know, we are wanting to, you know, do a, a whole entire process or workbook or take, bring in, you know, kindergarten school, school children and do an experiment with them. And you're saying to them, no, I just wanted to write a book about it. So this is where you say, what do you really intend to say? Make sure that you know what the intention is. And then I want you to think about what did you actually say? Did you say your intentions? What does the other person hear? And this is where in the conversation you want to say to them, before I move on, I just want to make sure I, I want to hear what it is you heard me say. Because if they didn't hear you correctly, and see, so you have to understand the power of words is, is phenomenal because we all take words differently. We hear things differently. And so it's important to really talk to the people about it and say, what did you actually hear me say? What did you hear when I said it? And this is where you can find out what, what, what the other person thinks they heard. So this is where you understand that the human mind, we fill in the blanks a lot of times. We check in, you know, here and there. We're listening but not really listening. And so we're kind of filling in the blanks. And so many times we find out that the other person heard something we didn't even say. And we say to them, you know, I'm not sure where you got that from. I'm glad I asked you because, no, that, let me clarify. I, I did not say that and I did not intend that. And so this is where when you get a response back from that person, you want to ask and make sure that you understand what they are truly intending to say in their response. So this is where you may actually say back to them what you heard. You may say, I think this is what I heard you say. Is that correct? And this is where they go, no, that's really not what I said or that, no, that's not what I meant. I'm glad you asked. And so then you want to really actually say, you know, what, what you hear, what, what do you hear? Are you listening to an inner voice in your head? Are you distracted by feelings? What are you hearing? And what do you think you heard? Because many times what we think we heard isn't anything close to what we really would have heard if we were checking in, if we were really, really paying attention. So when you're really thinking about having yourself understood, this is where you want to make sure that you understand, what am I really intending to say here? And did I actually say that? And I'm going to ask the other person, what did you hear when I said that? 
And then the other person is going to say, well, this is what I, this is what I heard, and that's important to say, that's exactly what I said. Or that, that's really not what I said, or that's not what I meant. So when you're thinking about this, I want you to recognize that there are so many levels when it comes to information and when it comes to talking so that we can become people that are able to have a group consensus and that we all leave the situation feeling confident about the product or the result that we have gotten. So thank you for joining me. We have one more segment to go. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'll talk to you after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And if you're just tuning in, you can go to your favorite podcast server and the shows are all downloaded on those so that if you're just tuning in, you get to hear the rest of the show as well. And we also have great things on the website for you to have. We have a a current workbook called How to Be Your Own Change Agent. And it provides deep insights into what's holding you back and empowers you to make major shift changes in your life. So this is free. I want you to make sure that you grab a copy of that. And then we also have um, study guides that go with the shows. So with whatever podcast you listen to, there will be a, a complimentary study guide with that. And you just have to go to the link the, on my bio page, and you will be able to get those as well. So we are talking about group think. And I don't know if you've experienced being a part of a group and maybe walked away thinking, you know, I tried to talk, but nobody heard me. I don't think anybody wanted to hear what I had to say. So I don't want to do group things anymore. Group things are really tough, I have to admit. And this is where it really helps if you know what your part is and what you are willing to tolerate, what you're not willing to tolerate what is most important to you. So when we are practicing the whole idea of listening, we can use all different, we can use three different types of listening. One of them is active listening. And this is when you're actually listening to someone. You will have good eye contact. You many times are going to lean forward as you're listening to them. You're going to also want to remove distractions You'll have appropriate facial expressions, and you'll ask appropriate questions. See, and and when you're doing that, people know that they are really being heard by you, that you are actually actively listening to them. So this is me getting outside of myself. This is me wanting that person to really know that I have heard what they are saying. Now, when we do reflective listening, this is after we've listened We reflect back to the person what you heard them say. And also, we reflect back what the content is they said, but also what their feelings communicated to you. And so reflective statements may sound like, well, what I hear you saying is, or so you're saying, or I heard you say, it seems like you feel, or something like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm picking up on such and such that you might be feeling 
such and such. So this is where I'm eliciting some, some kind of confirmation. Or I might even say something like, you know, it appears that, and then you fill in the blank. You're not really bought into this. You're not really paying attention. You don't really care. You're conflicted. These types of things. So when we are doing <coughs> true listening, these are the things that we want to avoid. And the first one I'm going to talk about is probably the most difficult for women, and that is interrupting. See, women, we typically talk on top of one another, and we hear a lot of you know parts of it. But when we are really wanting to do listening in a really, like, very dynamic way, then we want to make sure we're not interrupting. We're not cutting someone off to get our own point across because this is always destructive and it, and it feels very disrespectful. Now, for women, it may not feel as disrespectful as it does to men. But I can tell you, do not interrupt men because they really take it personally. And we have a tendency to not want to forget our thought. So I recommend to women many times if you're talking with men or a man, have a little notepad next to you so you can jot down some things that you want to address so that you're not interrupting or talking on top of them. Typically, if men get that experience too long, they just stop talking. So how about distracting behaviors like looking out the window, listening to music or television, playing around with you know, your, your phone, you know, all this stuff gives the messages that you're really not that interested and that you're not that focused. So this can, this can break down whatever you're attempting to communicate and whatever connection you're attempting to have. So what about changing the subject? Have you ever, <clears throat> excuse me, been with someone and you, you think you're talking about one subject and you you know, tell them what your opinion is or what you're getting from it or whatever it is. And they kind of look at you and then they just change the subject. And you're like, did I not speak right then? Did I, was I talking to the air? And it's a very uncomfortable feeling. So we want to be very careful. But if we want to change the subject, we may do some kind of a segue, which means that we say, you know, I think, I think I'm getting overwhelmed with this subject. I think I'm getting weary of it. I, can, can we, like, do a different one? Can we just talk on a different subject for a while? And that still is very polite. And changing the subject usually happens because maybe the topic isn't something that people want to talk about. Or maybe they're bored. I don't know. So try to look at why the topic maybe is uncomfortable. And then I want you to be very, very careful about being judgmental, you know, placing blame and having preconceived ideas about the speaker or the topic. It's really important to be inquisitive, to ask questions, to not make judgments, to not assume that you check things out. So when we look at what active listening is really about, what we find is that Nonverbal communication is probably 55% of the communication. Now, isn't that amazing? We're not even aware of how much we're taking in that is nonverbal. We think we're listening to all the words. But what we're really doing is we're listening to tone. We're looking at their eyes, 
We're looking at where they're looking, if they're fidgeting. We're, we're, we're looking at how much um, upset or how excited they are about it. And so <clears throat> that nonverbal communication is over half the content of the communication. So how about tone of voice? That's about 38%. So we want to be careful and understand what our tone is because that can have a lot to do with the delivery and what the person actually hears. So is my tone one of derision? Am I sarcastic? Am I judgmental? Am I kind of checking into every other word? Am I repeating what they say? Or am I simply saying, what did you say? I didn't hear that. Can you repeat that one more time? These kinds of things tell people that there isn't any active listening, that you're just barely there. And so the tone of voice has a lot to do with your sincerity and how passionate you feel about it. And then 7% out of that 100% is the actual words. So isn't that fascinating? Only 7% of what you're hearing is actually the words. So when we do listening, when we want to be a better listener, we want to take into consideration our body language. Are we looking at the person? What's our facial expression? What's our posture? Are we moving toward them? Are we interested? Is our face, do we have an open affect that says, hey, I want information? How about my tone of voice, that it's not non-attacking? I don't want it to be attacking. How about the pitch of my voice? How about the rate of speed? And so this, how about this idea of not, of not being undivided in your attention? I don't want you to be thinking about your response while they're talking. I want you to really listen to what the person is saying. And if you're getting, you know, kind of distracted by your own thoughts, write them down. Just say, hey, I just want to write this down while you're talking because I'm interested. And then I want to make sure that we are non-judgmental. See, we only want to judge things, not people. We don't really know the intent or the heart of a person. That is really God's area. We can judge the outcome. We can judge, you know, the behaviors. We can say, well, that, that is what maybe ruined this event. We, we can judge different types of things as to how much merit they have. But we don't really know the person. So it also helps when we're trying to listen and if you're also having a hard time staying connected or tuned in, to restate the question or restate the comment that they made so that you can make sure that you're accurate. So say to them, this is what I heard you say. Is that accurate? Or this is the feeling that I picked up on as you were speaking. Is that true? This helps people to feel very valued as if they are truly worth something, right? They, they are important enough for you to want to listen to what they're saying. So we also can do what we call open-ended questions. And this helps to elicit conversation. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time figuring out what to talk about. That's one of the reasons I have a lot of jokes and I tell a lot of stories. <laughs> so <clears throat> if you can think about, you know, what are some ways that I can elicit conversation. Well, how about some open-ended questions? Say something like, hey, could you tell me about your car? Can you tell me about 
Hey, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that blouse? Can you tell me about the last vacation that you had? Or you can say things like, you know, I'm wondering if you and I are on the same page when it comes to the kinds of movies that we like. I'm wondering if you like to travel. I'm wondering what kind of TV shows you like to watch. These are ways to elicit conversation. Or you may say to them, hey, have you thought about, and it may be having to do with something that that you were talking about originally or earlier. And say, you also can say to them, you know, I hear what you're saying, but are you really saying this? And what does this mean to you? And you can also say, you know, I don't quite get what you mean. Tell me a little bit more. Or how do you view this? Can you expand on an idea? Can you expand on that for me a little bit? And when, when do you actually feel that way? Are you feeling that way now? You know, would it be accurate to say that you, and then you fill in the blank? So these things are open-ended questions that kind of help us with keeping that conversation going. And we might use some helping phrases as well, like, you know, it sounds like you feel such and such, or you seem to be feeling, or I wonder if you're feeling, or, you know, when that happens to me, this is how I feel, or I can't tell if you feel this or if you feel this way. Now, if I understand you right, you, and then we fill in the blank. How about this one? You know, my impression of this is whatever. Does that fit for you? Would it be accurate to say that you feel this way? And these are things that really help us get to know people in a non-judgmental manner and in a way that we're not trying to sell them on things. So this helps that group think because we start to be able to collaborate all the thoughts that these people are having that are in this group so that we can come to a consensus. And always remind yourself, that we can bend a little on values and on morals, but there has to be a line where you say, I can't go that far. That's too far for me to go. And you can say it politely, you can say it kindly. But what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to recognize that this group that we are in truly is like a watermelon, right? And we just need to spit out the seeds. We don't need to focus all on the seeds. Let's focus on the great fruit of the group that we are in. And that helps us to hear things differently and to be far more interested and non-judgmental. So thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad you did. And let's be people that are known for bending and not breaking. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. 
please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.